1: Primarily because of how much it has taught me as I delved into God's word and found out what he had to say about our finances on the edge and getting our finances on solid ground. And if you recall, our very first message was, why is money so important to God? And we learned that there were over 800 verses in the Bible where God spoke about money because it indicates where we are spiritually. It's kind of like a thermometer of our relationship with him. So money is important in drawing us closer to him. And then our second message was, is it wrong to have money? And we just found out two answers. It is not wrong to have money, and even lots of it. What makes it wrong, though, is if we love money and we manipulate, intimidate to get that money, thinking that that money is going to be our savior in some measure. And then last week, we became a little bit more practical, and we talked about... What are the basic principles to get our finances on solid ground? And you ought to get that CD because it's real practical. But today I wanted to speak on a topic that often people don't speak on, and that is when we are in debt, is there an answer to getting us out of debt? And there really is. And I wanted you to know that God's word speaks to our life, not only in the Bible days, but even to today, because these truths transcend all time because people still have sin for all time. And God says that there is a solution to it. And so maybe right now you are not experiencing debt. But I'd like to help you so that when you disciple other believers that are struggling with debt, that you have something to come alongside them with, to be able to help them with that. And if you are in debt, I want you to know that there is great hope for you. And if you'll follow these principles right from God's word and the power of the spirit, allowing God to live his life out through you in Christ for his glory, that over time and consistent commitment to that, there is great hope for you. But it's going to take someone who wants to purpose themselves to get free from this trap of debt. Do you know that according to the statistics that I came across that consumer debt in America alone is at 1.4 trillion dollars. Now that doesn't include the debt that the government has, that's just talking about consumer debt, the debt that we have because of credit cards and other things like that. And so you can imagine the kind of challenges that we have in our life because of it. Now some of you might want to know what is a debt trap and how do I know that I'm in a debt trap? Well, traps are like anything else. It's something that will enslave us. So when we're in a debt trap, that means that we're enslaved to someone in some measure because of our indebtedness. We owe them something. And if you look at Proverbs 22, 7, it says the borrower is the servant to the lender. So that means we have an obligation to someone else. So we're in debt to them. And that's all throughout Scripture, and it's easy to get into debt today. I mentioned a couple of weeks ago how, that, how many of us get an envelope in the mail how then it'll talk about a credit card that you can get. And it's interesting because when I get one of those envelopes, I already know that it's not a real personal one because it says, Dear Stanley Ponds. Now, nobody calls me Stanley, or they shouldn't call me Stanley, but anyway, they don't call me except my mother, and so I know there's a problem. But as I read further, it talks about you qualify for the super-duper premium and you can get this, $100,000 Well, I know right off the bat they have the wrong stand ponds when they think that I could ever use that kind of money and have it and spend it and pay it back. But you know, when you read through those, and you'll see them, when you read through that, here's one word you'll never find in that envelope, that letter, that request. And it's the word debt. That's a word because they don't want you to know that you're going into debt. But that's exactly what they're doing. They're peddling to you and me. This extra money that we have to pay them back for, usually at a much higher rate of interest, and so we become indebted to them. So they're really trying to sell us debt. Now, they think they're selling us such things as if you have this money, you can have love and joy and peace and power. In fact, what they're trying to do is to use their way to give us the fruit of the Spirit that God says you can have it freely if you'll just follow my ways and yield to me. But we think we have to do it by buying these things, and it's a great problem for us. So I looked up the word debt and here's some of the words that I found for the word debt. It means to owe, to be obligated, liable, in deficit, in default, encumbered, in over one's head, out of pocket, in arrears, a deadbeat, living hand to mouth, unable to make ends meet, broke, busted. Now, if you're in debt, that's what you are, all of those words, and it happens to be that. I saw a bumper sticker a couple of years ago, and it said this, I owe, I owe, so it's off to work, I go. Well, it's true. Some people are, thats they're in debt, and now they have to work the rest of their life trying to get out of that debt. And that is a problem that we can have. Many years ago, there was a movie that was out. It was called Lost in Space that was taken off after some kind of a television program, but all I could remember... That there was this little, I guess, a robot that kept going around and saying, danger, Will Robinson, danger. How many remember that in that movie? Okay, remember that? Well, today, I have to tell you, this is a very uncomfortable message to give to you for many reasons. One is because I'm, in a sense, telling you that you have financial cancer. What doctor really likes to tell someone else that they have a particular disease that could really hurt them and maybe even destroy them? I don't like to do that. Another reason is because sometimes I like to go more expository, book verse by verse, chapter by chapter. But there are times, though, that when you have a particular issue in your life, you don't open your medicine cabinet and you go one pill bottle after the other, for the first shelf, the second shelf, the third shelf, the fourth shelf. You can not do that when you're really hurting, you've got to pick the right thing. And God says that sometimes we have to face the music and say, we've got an issue. And we open up God's medicine tablet, uh, cabinet and in it, God says, I have the solution. Well, it's right here. And so we're going to study what God has to say about these issues. So I might say, danger, church, danger. And I want you to know that God has a solution for it. Now, if you don't mind, I'd like to speak to the men for a moment here. And ladies, it'd be good for you to listen in. The reason I want to speak to the men, is that there was a survey taken through Men's Health Magazine to 800 men. And the, the article was talking about the financial stresses that men went through. And what were the top 10? I'm not going to give you all 10 for time, but I do want to give you the top five. Now the reason I wanted you ladies to listen in on this is because generally I believe God wired man to be the provider for the family. We see that all the way back in Genesis and you can go through scripture that normally a normal functional man is that he would see his role that he is to provide for the family and also to protect the family. Now there are some that kind of walk off the path and they're a bunch of lazy bums and we know them, we see them, we hear them and don't look at your husband right now please. All right it might be the case. But in most cases, men feel that. Well, if they take their responsibility, whether they're a believer or an unbeliever, seriously, and really, truly, as much man-bashing as there is, most men do take their role seriously. And so if they're struggling at times and you find them to be a little bit uh, at sorts in relationships, this could be because of an inner tension that they're feeling because of finances. Now they might wanna, unfortunately, point their finger at you or the family or whatever, but inside they're realizing that their ship is now sinking in debt and they're getting more and more scared, especially as they read the newspaper, they're hearing what's going on on the job, their own health and the fact that they have more month at the end of their money and they're struggling with it. Well, here are the five that came out of this survey. Number one, or I should say, number five was being caught off guard by unexpected fees or expenses, something they didn't plan for. That causes them stress. Number four, stress is having to pay off their debts. Number three, saving for their children's education. Number two, saving enough for theirs and their wife's retirement. But then number one, it's 70% of the men that are under financial stress, it's living beyond their means. Which I really think that if they took that living beyond their means seriously and run it through the grid of scripture and do it God's way, the other four wouldn't even show up on the radar screen because they would be doing what God would have them to do. But they're struggling with that. And so that's why some of us men would like to have our wives to maybe get together and let's sit down and let's talk about our finances. Let's get our budget together and work toward a common goal. Now, ladies, I also know this because you're now glaring at me. I can see you're saying it's not my problem. It's his problem. He wants us to save money, but he's out buying man toys. All right. I realize that could be a problem, too. And that's why I'm trusting. After much prayer, that God would speak to your heart to say, you know what, let's end this negative energy between one another. Let's get on the same page and let's see what God has to say in his word. And let's now deal with this issue of debt and get out of the debt trap that we're in. And we can do it. There is hope. I promise you that there's hope in God's word. But some of you are going in la la land right now. You're not even understanding what this debt is doing to you. You don't even feel like you might be in debt. So what I'd like to do is to submit to you what are the danger signs to show you that? You're in debt, so danger, church. Danger. Here are four signs. The first sign is this if you're living on credit instead of paying cash. Now, what does it mean that you're living on credit? I'm going to define it my way for a moment here. And that would be depending on credit to maintain your lifestyle. In other words, you have to have credit in order to maintain the existing lifestyle that you have. That means you're spending too much. If you have to use credit cards to maintain that lifestyle. You're spending too much. Look at Proverbs 3, 27 and 28. It says this. Do not withhold good from those to whom it is due. The ones who loaned you that money, that money is due them. What it is in the power of your hand to do it. Don't say, go and come again and tomorrow I'll give it to you when you should have it or when you have it by yourself today. So how do you know that you're living on credit? This is very important. How do you know when you're living on credit to maintain your standard of living? It's simple. It's when... You have to continue borrowing more and more money. You have to use more and more credit to sustain the existing lifestyle that you have. Now, you might have already done that, and now you're at the break-even point, and you're saying, I, want, I need to back down. Well, to back down is pretty simple. Start spending less than what you're making and using that extra to take care of your indebtedness. Now, you'll have some problems with this and why people do get into debt. First of all, it shows a lack of contentment. So maybe what you need to do is to go deeper and not just blame Madison Avenue and all your friends and what they have, but to look at if you have an unmet need of discontent in your life. In other words, you haven't learned to realize that all good gifts come from above and that God gives those to us and we have what we basic need for life. He will always provide for that. A child of God does not have to be a beggar. So deal with that inner issue of contentment. That's a whole sermon right there. The second would be that we're presuming on the future. In other words, we think, I can borrow it now because I know my parents are wealthy and they'll take care of us. Or I know that there could be an inheritance that come in. Or I know that I've got some sure good deal investments that are out there. Or I'm hearing that they're going to be giving bonuses next year. Or I'm sensing that the economy will improve. And so what we're doing is we're presuming upon the future. And that too can be very dangerous according to Proverbs 27.1. It says, boast not of tomorrow, for you do not know what tomorrow will bring. If I had the time, it would be interesting to know how many of you got laid off from your job and there was no real warning. Oh, you knew there was some problems out there, but you never thought that you would be the one that would find a pink slip in your box. How many of you were counting on your ship to come in, only to find out that it didn't come in? It sunk out there somewhere. An investment that you had, and so you were borrowing on all of this. And so number one is living on credit instead of paying cash. I hear too that You'll spend 23% more money if you use credit cards than if you use actual cash when you do this. Here's the second danger sign, and that is delaying payments or paying the minimum that's due. Let me say that again delaying payments. In other words, you have to keep putting off that payment, or you're just going to pay the minimum on that credit card. In other words, you're just paying the minimum, or you're just paying the interest rate. There are some danger signs. Listen to these danger signs. You're in a debt trap if you're missing payments, if you're making late payments if you're paying minimum due on that credit card instead of paying it off at the end of the month, if you find yourself constantly under tension over money, if you find yourself bouncing checks because of insufficient funds, if you're withdrawing money out of your reserve account in order to pay your bills, then something is happening where, again, you're in a debt trap here. So the Bible says in Romans 13, 8, Let no debt remain outstanding. So in your mind, you're saying, I'm in debt. I know that I've got this problem. Pastor, what does God have to tell me to do to get out of this? Well, here's a third debt. And that is unable to give or save or possibly unable to pay taxes. Unable to give or unable to save or possibly unable to even pay taxes. You see, if you're not saving money, a certain portion, and if you don't have enough money to give then you're really in debt. You're spending too much money. In the Old Testament, there was a verse that was given to the Old Testament saints under a different dispensation there. But here's what it said. It was found in the Jewish people, and it said, Will a man rob God? Yet you rob me. But you ask, How do do we rob you? In tithes and offerings. In other words, in the Old Testament, if the Jews were not giving a portion of what God has prospered them, they were actually robbing God. Now, again, that's important for us to remember that we give to God first, we give to ourselves second, and then we live on the rest. That's an important principle. The Bible tells us the wise man saves for the future, but the foolish man spends whatever he gets. But now let's talk about paying taxes. Now, I understand, and I would, I'm not an accountant, so don't take this as accountant uh, CPA policy here, but I think this might work. There are enough... Um, What's the word I want to use. I don't want to use the word loopholes. But there's enough variations in the tax laws and maybe ways to interpret the tax laws that you can have it be a tax in your favor. And so if we really know those, we have good counselors, good financial counselors, good CPAs, that we don't have to pay perhaps as much taxes. And I'm not talking about cheating the government, hiding the money, lying to the government. But I'm telling you that with good understanding of the tax laws and how we can properly record what we're doing, that there are some ways we can do it. But when it's all over and said and done, that doesn't mean that we don't pay taxes or we're in some kind of a tax rebellion. The Bible says that we're to render unto Caesar that which belongs to Caesar. Now I'm like the, the rest of you in here. We're, we're livid over where our money, our hard-earned money, our money that we have earned, and we give it to the government, knowing that we have to have them help us with good roads and protection and these kinds of things, and we see how that money is horribly misused for things that are anti-godly. But yet that has been going on ever since the beginning of time with government and God knows that. So ultimately there's going to be a new government that will be set up and it won't be, whether it's Republican or Democrat, it's going to be the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords as he sets up his rule. But until then, we're to render unto him that what we should. And so again... We're in debt if we don't have enough money to save or to give to the Lord or even pay our taxes and how important that is. But here's a fourth debt trap, because when we get so much in debt, we now start saying, what do I do? I've got to get out of this. We begin to look for get rich quick ideas or schemes. Now, I believe that we're fighting a forever eternal foe, and that's going to be Satan. So Satan knows that we're in debt and begin our conscience now tells us, you know, this debt is really not good. This is, I'm, I'm really not on a good road right now. So Satan comes along and he says, you're right, but I've got the solution. So what, they, what he does then is he parades in front of us ways that we could make a lot of money with very little work. And he does it often by cable television. Or different people that are involved in all these kinds of schemes that'll tell you that, you know, you could work less hours and if you do so much and you sell so much and you'll have this car over here and this vacation over here and they'll have people sitting with palm trees and oceans behind them on camera now telling you what they have now and what they didn't have then all because they bought this product and they're selling this product. And so now we hear all of that and who wouldn't want to live on the beach, so to speak, in a mansion and drive this nice car and work a little bit and have tens of thousands of dollars And so we then buy into that, and it's a get-rich-quick deal. And it causes us great problems. Now, I'm not against multi-level marketing. There's some very good things. But if it's motivated by greed, it's motivated by perhaps laziness, we'll never be able to do this thing properly. And there are some that are often just a bunch of charlatans in that as well. So be very, very careful of these get-rich-quick ideas. It's just a fantasy that they're often selling to us. Look at Proverbs 21, verse 5. It says, The plans of the diligent... The hard-working people that will make the plan and work the plan lead surely to plenty. But those of everyone who is hasty, wants it quick, surely to poverty. When you're in debt, remember, you are a, your prime sub, uh, suspect subject for a rip-off. So let me encourage you to be very, very careful of that. I want you to know that there really is hope. And I'm going to give you those in just a moment. I know some of you are looking at this list and you're saying four on this one, six on the other. There's ten points. We're going to be here forever. I promise you next week my outline will be pointless. I'm joking. I'm joking. Well, let me go through these six quickly to get out of debt. This is not rocket science. It's very simple. You people are very intelligent. Most of you are doing this. But I'd like you to follow along one more time just to take your own spiritual temperature on what you're doing to get out of debt. So these are six steps to get out of debt. Number one is commit to becoming debt free now. You have to commit. Today's your day. You've got to say, This is the day. I've talked about it. We talked about it. We tried and failed. We tried and failed. We tried and failed. Today we're going to do it and succeed. So not tomorrow not next week but you start today to be debt free look at Psalm 37:21 says the wicked borrow and do not repay that's interesting if we don't repay, and I know our intentions are to pay it back, but if we don't pay that back, then we're wicked. So we have to make a decision to make sure that we will pay it back because that's what God tells us to do. So we're going to make a commitment. We will pay it back, watch this now, whatever the cost. Now, I don't mean we're going to steal money to do this, but whatever sacrifice we have to make, we will do whatever it takes because right now we owe that money to someone else. That's their money we've enjoyed What they have loaned us and now we have, but we owe them that back again and we're going to make that commitment. Now some of you say, you know what, I am so much in debt that maybe the best way for us to resolve this issue is to dive into bankruptcy. Now frankly, bankruptcy is legal, but it's not necessarily at all moral. And so I would like to make sure that you don't jump into the bankruptcy court right off the bat because at one time it was easy, it's more difficult now, thinking that you need to do over, you need to kind of rip that slate clean and start over again. But when you do that, you still have used or enjoined someone else's money and you've ripped them off. Now I know that's real harsh language right there, but there's something that you need to do to get right, to pay that person back for what they have done for you. And you have to do that. That's an important thing that's in our life. Now, for you to say, I'm ready to commit, what is that going to take? Some very simple things, but very important. Number one, it's going to take a commitment. You're going to have to say that I'm going to do this. Now, when you do that, remember, you're not going to do it in the flesh, because if you do that, that commitment is not sustainable. It's only sustainable when you say, Lord, it is right, it is biblical. I can't do this, but you can. So, Lord, because you're a God who makes a promise and makes a commitment and you have all the power then I'm going to you, and I'm asking you now to live your life. I'm releasing your commitment and committability through me to that commitment that I'm making to be debt-free. But it also takes personal discipline. It's a moment-by-moment thing. It's a one-time act, but it's going to be a moment-by-moment thing as you're tempted to go back into debt. It's going to be delayed gratification. That means no more Starbucks. That means getting rid of cable, maybe. That may be downsizing your phone system. I don't know where you are. I don't know what's doable and what's not. And, of course, you don't want to create a problem by solving a problem. All right? So I want you to know that there is that delayed gratification. There's integrity. It's going to take some great courage. And let me say this as a husband and wife. You've got to be on the same page. You need to hold each other up. Encourage one another. Celebrate. And don't point fingers at each other's failures. But what you do is you celebrate each other's success. And you tell them, I believe in God and I know you can do it. And together, yes, we can. All right, number two. Start paying God and yourself first. Start paying God and yourself first. And it's in that order that I know you may owe other people other money. But just remember, whatever you have now... You still got it from the Lord because whatever we have, according to Deuteronomy, God gave us the power to get wealth. So now we give to him first. He gets the first fruit of all of our increase. It may sound convoluted because you think, well, I owe that other person something, but you owe God more. You owe him your faith. And so you're going to trust him now that you're going to give to him first. Now pick out a percentage. I would maybe suggest 10%. I don't want to put you under a law or a demand. That's exactly what you have to give, but pick a percentage. I've selected for you what I call the 10-10-80 principle, and you might want to follow that, the 10-10-80. 10, 10, you're going to give 10% to the Lord. Pick that number. could be more, could be a little less, but you're going to pick that number, a number, similar to that. But I'm suggesting that. Let me go on. Then 10% to yourself. You've got to do that. That's going to keep you stable. Then you have 80% that's left, and with that 80%, you're going to be paying people back. You're going to be taking care of your basic needs of life. You're going to downsize your life. You're going to be careful that you don't have to go out and buy new stuff. If you don't need new stuff, you're going to get on your knees. You're going to pray. You're going to, you're going to, watch this now, listen carefully. If you have a resistant spirit to this, it will destroy your creative spirit. But when you say, I'm excited what we could do. I believe God can do this thing. Then you would be surprised at how many $20 bill situations. I don't mean the actual money. $20 situations that God will begin to flutter all around you. Because you're willing now to pay the price to get out of debt because it's biblical. And that journey of faith and discipline is only going to set you up for the next great victory that God has for you. It's all there for you. Let me give you some, some numbers that someone crunched for me. Let's say that you're 25 years old. We've got some of our younger people here, 25. And let's say that you only make $15,000 a year. I know that's crazy because you make probably more than that. But let's say all you make is 15000 And you use the 10-10-80 principle. You take 10% and you give that to the Lord. You take the other 10%. You find a good savings but safe investment program. Hopefully something that might bring you up close to 10% if that will work for you. Let's say that you can. It might be hard to get a 10% investment, but just think about what it might be. In that case, if you did this for 20 years, 10% to God, 10% to yourself, live on the rest. For the next 20 years at that amount, you would have given $30,000 to the work of the Lord and you would have kept for yourself $85,900 for yourself besides the rest to live on. Now let's up the ante a little bit. Let's say you're older like the rest of us. Let's say you're 40 now. But now you're not making 15000 but maybe because of combined in, uh, income, there's 60000 Well, 60000 is pretty reasonable for a person that's 40 years of age to be able to make in a year, especially with some other income. Now let's use the same 10-10-80 principle. You give 10% to the Lord automatically, 10% to yourself in a good investment but safe program, and then you live off the other 80. What would you have by the time you're 60 years of age, 20 years of doing this? I'm told the numbers would look like this, that you would have given $120,000 for kingdom-building gospel-giving programs. You would have also then saved for yourself $343,000 in that amount of time. Now, you can play with these numbers, and they're going to go up and down. But I still think that you have to have some kind of a plan that you're willing to work with to work in some direction to getting out of debt. All right, now, that's not all. Yes, you've got to, you know, give it. You've got to, you know, save it. You've got to live off of it. But there's something else that you could do. Number three, you could have a sale. You could have a sale. Now, when you've read in the Bible when the ship was going down that Paul was in, you know that what they did, they started offloading stuff, hoping that they might keep the ship safe. I was reading about Hudson Taylor that was in a horrible storm, and when he was in the storm, they too were throwing things overboard to lighten the load. Well, in your life in my life, if you and the ship that you're in, that financial ship, is going down because of debt, you've got to start offloading some stuff.